Thank you for listening to this resource. Um, your mind is an amazing creation of God. It handles billions and billions of bits of information, can process 800 memories per second for years and never gets tired. No computer will ever compare with the computing power of the brain. And the, and the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are what you think. More than anything else, what determines your life are your thoughts, not your background, not your genes or hereditary, not your environment, but what you choose to think about has greater influence on your life than anything else. Think about that. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you are serious about changing something in your life, whatever area it is, you have to start by changing the way you think. This new series, Clear Thinking, we are going to be looking at thinking clearly about your life and future. Because as Christians, sometimes we forget that God has blessed us with the capacity to think. Beyond praying, God wants us to pray, yes, but God wants us to think and think clearly. So in part one, we'll be looking at thinking clearly about problems, part two, about finances, part three, about stress, part four, about spiritual growth. In part five, we'll be looking at thinking clearly about sex, in part six, about relationships, in part seven, which is the final part about life change. This is part seven, the final part. Today, we are looking at part seven of clear thinking. And we started in part one by looking at thinking clearly about problems. So in part one, we thought clearly about problems. In part two, we looked at thinking clearly about finances and we saw how to think clearly about our finances. Now, if you've missed any of these teachings, um, I, I, I encourage you to get the CD. Um, you, you need to hear the complete series. Um, it's not on the podcast yet, um, so you have to get a physical CD to go um, to be on the same page with us. Now, part three, we looked at Thinking clearly about stress. If you have anything called stress or you struggle with stress, you need to hear that message. And stress will be a thing of the past in your life in Jesus' name. Part four, we looked at thinking clearly about spiritual growth. About spiritual growth. And part five, we looked at thinking clearly about sex. Part six, we looked at Thinking clearly about relationships, that is last week. And today, we are going to be concluding with thinking clearly about change lives, life change. You have it on, in your um, outline. If you um, don't have an outline, the ushers will be happy to give you one of these. Just um, beckon um, onto them and they will give you one of these outlines. Now, you see, many times 
The, the, the person we see in the mirror is not the person that we want to be. In other words, the things that are proceeding out of our lives are not in consonant, in, 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 they're not congruent with the things that we desire of our lives. And sometimes we get confused and we, and we say, how can my life possibly change? Today, God will give you the keys to life change. And many times, we have experienced life change and we are concerned about, is this sustainable? Is this sustainable? How am I sure I will not backslide tomorrow? And that's how I used to be. I mean, when I, when I got saved and, you know, all the things God delivered me from, I, I knew I was saved. I was excited about the place I was in, but I, I was com- confused and consumed with the, with the thought of the possibility, you know, of going back. And, and it will overwhelm me. And, and, and I ask myself questions like, is this sustainable? Yes, you have done this for three weeks, but is it sustainable for me? How do I keep growing and not relapse? How do I keep firing and not relapse? And by the grace of God, this year will be 20 years, and I've been firing and not relapsed <laughs> in Jesus' name. So it's possible. I'm going to give you the keys. Pastor, are you trying to say that in 20 years you didn't backslide one day to the glory of God? Nope. Not, okay, praise God. Not one week, nope. Not one month, nope. (laughs) Now, and you see, if God can help me, and he still is, without his help, I mean, there's nothing anybody can do. God can help you. And today we're going to be looking at a man that Jesus helped. His name, his name is Zacchaeus. Everybody say Zacchaeus. And the, the text is from Luke chapter 19. 1 to 10. I've, I've, I've dumped the text in the, in the NLT translation here in case you don't have the NLT. It's going to come up on the screen also. And the word of God says that Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business. He had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but it was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree beside the road so he could watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quickly come down. I must. Everybody say, I must. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down 
took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be with a guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said, Lord, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. And if I have overcharged people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Wow. Jesus responded. Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself. I will say shown himself. He has shown himself to be a son of Abraham. And I, the son of man, have come to seek and save those like him who were lost. If you look at what Jesus said just one chapter earlier, Jesus saw a rich man just one chapter earlier. We read chapter 19. In chapter 18, verse 25, Jesus said to a rich man, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And it was Jesus Facing another rich man, I can imagine the silence in the crowd. And Jesus knew that in every human being is the tendency of adoring money or of worshipping money or of desiring money to the detriment of their souls. So money has been a major part of Jesus' encounter with, with people. I mean, the story is told of a, of a lady that um, met a young man and, and um, they were, um, the guy was supposed to be um, toasting her. Do they still say toast? Is that the word now? What's the current word? Pardon? Asking her out. No, that's too serious. There's, there's a trending word for this. Is this still toasted? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I can't hear you. But whatever it is, in our own time, back in the day, in those days, it was called toasting. So, <laughs> so this guy was trying to toast this babe, and he was saying to the babe that, oh, My uncle, no, my cousin, owns this industry. My cousin owns that car. My cousin owns that house. My cousin owns that aircraft. And the girl said, can you introduce me to your cousin? <laughs> so, this one that is your cousin that is doing everything. So it's a joke, okay? There's a tendency in everyone to, to try to gravitate towards um, money. And, and Jesus knows that it can be hard 
for prosperous people to establish a relationship with God. You are going to be prosperous in the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, you are saying, okay, but pastor, I'm prosperous already. You ain't seen nothing yet. You are going to be far more prosperous than you are in Jesus' name. Amen. So the question is, why is it hard for prosperous people to establish a thriving relationship with God? Why is it difficult? Why is it an issue? There are three main reasons in your outline. You begin to fill in the blanks now. The first reason why it is hard for prosperous people to establish a relationship with God is simply because of the issue of pride. P-R-I-D. You see, God wants us to be like children, to humble ourselves. In fact, God says, except you be like these little children, you will not enter the kingdom of God. So, humility is so powerful. It's a powerful force. But money tends to make us proud. This money is neutral, but pride is not. Pride drives you away from God. So, when you are proud, you can't admit that you need help. Proud people never admit they need help. And pride also is not only a factor of the wealthy or the prosperous. There are poor people that are proud. The man has nothing but is full of pride. Have you met such people? Poor and proud. I'm proud of it. And proud of being poor. <laughs> pride is an issue. So the number one thing there is, is pride. The second reason why folks that are prosperous find it hard to establish a relationship with God is because of the deception of false security. Money gives you false security. False security. So, you, you hear people thinking this way. My money can buy me out of trouble. Everybody has a price. They, 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 they say things like, my mind, can, I can reason out of any puzzle, any fix. I mean, my mind is so sharp, I can reason myself out of any situation. My skills are so up to date, I can walk myself out of any situation. You hear people, such people say things like, my beauty, I can get anything from any man because I'm beautiful. False security. So, we tend to think, why do I need God? If I am secure, I mean, what do I need God for? What do I need God for? But you see, such people... Later, sooner than later, realizes that money cannot provide security. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, it cannot. The, the third reason why um, um, prosperity kind of um, drives us away from God is, is because of a false conclusion about righteousness. A false conclusion about righteousness. What's righteousness? Righteousness simply means being in good Relationship, standing with the creator of the heavens and the earth, being 
in right standing with God. That's what righteousness simply means. So, money can create a false conclusion of righteousness. So, is the thinking of such people. They say, if I am so bad, why is life so good? If I am so bad, if, if things are really bad, if I, if, I, if I really need this, so why is my life so good? I can fly first class to anywhere I want to. I can, you know, if I don't want to fly commercial jets, I can fly private jets. I mean, why is life so good if I'm so bad? Praise the name of the Lord. They say things like, what, what do you mean I need to fix my life? My heart. Look at my life. God is blessing me. All these people, they are doing video, they are playing, praying, praying. What do they have to show for it? I don't even need to do anything. A false conclusion about righteousness. And their conclusion will just be, let's jollof. Let's enjoy life. Let's badu. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So, for these reasons, you know, Jesus said things like, it is easier for a camel to come through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, imagine Jesus just made this statement. One chapter earlier. And now, Jesus is confronted with a rich guy. Imagine the disciples and everybody that says, this guy is going to hear some sermon today. Jesus, give it to him raw and fresh. <laughs> How is hell bound? And, and they are itching to, to hear what Jesus would say. And here was, was, was Lazarus, I'm sorry, Zacchaeus that had climbed the tree. Because it was short. Just to see Jesus. And he must have looked at himself. His name meant the righteous one. That's what Zacchaeus means. So his life was a contradiction. His life was a contradiction. His name meant the righteous one. He was the chief tax collector. That's what the Bible calls him. The chief tax collector. So there was a contradiction between his name and who he really is. It's just like saying to the, to the chief prostitute of the neighborhood and saying her name is Purity. That's a huge contradiction. Or, or saying to the chief foreigner of the environment that my name is Innocent. So every time you call the name of Zacchaeus, it's, it's in that culture, it's, it's a contradiction. So, so Zacchaeus was there. He was a thief and a traitor. And the people had an issue because they're like, why would Jesus go to meet this, to eat in the house of a thief and a traitor? He was a thief because Tax collection in those days was not regulated. So they overcharge people and there's nothing you can do about it. So they, 
extort and steal from people. He's a traitor because Caesar was Roman and he was a Jew. So he was collecting tax from his people to give to, to Caesar. He was seen as a traitor. So there is that traitor climbing the tree. What are his chances of getting into the kingdom of God? What are his chances? His chances were so slim. But if Zacchaeus made it into the kingdom of God, you will make it into the kingdom of God. If Zacchaeus was sustained in the kingdom of God, you will be sustained in the kingdom of God. So a major key, if you are taking notes, please write it down. For in this story is that for there to be life change, there must be a heart change. For there to be life change, there must be a heart change. In fact, life change is not possible without heart change. And the proof of a changed heart is a changed life. The proof of a changed heart is a changed life. Praise the name of the Lord. So for heart change, for life change to occur, there must be heart change. Now, for heart change to occur, what must I do? Because that's the, that's the heart of the matter. That's the crux of the matter. What must I do for heart change to happen? Number one, I must be open to the initiative of God. I must be open to the initiative of God. I need to be open to the idea that God might be pursuing me. You know, for some people, that is a, you know, they, they can't even wrap their minds around this. You, you must be open to the fact that God is wooing you. God is, God, God is after you. God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants to connect with you. Zacchaeus goes out of his way to find Jesus, only to discover that Jesus, the whole time, has been looking for him. Jesus looked at the tree and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Zacchaeus must have fallen down from that tree. They said he came down from that tree. They didn't say how he came down. Imagine you're on the tree. You are looking for this Jesus, not knowing, unknown to you. He even knows your name. And you're sitting down here. I'm telling you, Jesus knows your name. Praise the name of the Lord. For some of us, it's, it's tough to wrap our minds around this. But that's the truth. Jesus knows you by name, intimately. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. Zacchaeus fell down from the tree. That's my imagination. When I read this story, I say, how can he climb down? Is it possible? You have just fallen down. So, before you ever thought to go on a search for God. God was already searching for you. 
Before you ever thought to come to church, some of you say, oh, I just came to church. No, 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 no. God brought you to church. Some uh, say, oh, you know, I, I just decided to, to find God. No. God found you. You are the one that was lost. God was not lost. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and this is the miracle of grace. Now, imagine the risk. Imagine the risk that, that Zacchaeus went through to see Jesus. Zacchaeus put everything at stake. Zacchaeus put his reputation at stake. He was a rich man. And in those days, they were wearing robes. Imagine a rich man wearing robes, climbing a tree. How does that look like? His foolishness was on display. He risked losing all his friends. Zacchaeus risked everything. Even his health. He could have died or been injured trying to climb that tree. Zacchaeus risked everything to see Jesus. And you know one thing about Jesus? Jesus cannot ignore people that risks all for him. He can't. There's something that draws Jesus to people that have risked everything for him. So he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. Now, listen to what Jesus said. Say, said, 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 pastor. I must. I must be a guest in your home today. I mean, it was like, I am compelled to. Do you want Jesus to be compelled to go home with you today? He says, I am compelled to. So you see, I'm here to tell you that God has not given up on you. President of the Lord. Jesus is hanging around the tree you are on. In fact, he's shaking the tree. And he's calling you, come down. Come down. So, what do you think that moment was for? Like, was like for um, Zacchaeus? He was an outcast amongst his people. He had a bad name. He was a short guy. He couldn't even see. And Jesus, the maker of the heavens and the earth, put everything on hold and said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. We are going to have lunch today. I mean, just imagine that. I mean, every, <laughs> you know, if I were Zacchaeus, you know what I would do? I would say to the other guys, watch me, and I would dance. <laughs> you know, because the, the point is this. If there were an election, Zacchaeus would not have won. In fact, the people grumbled. I don't know if you are here and maybe you are the outcast of your family or, or you're a sultan or, or you feel, I mean, disconnected and all that stuff. I'm here to tell you the truth of God's word. Jesus is on your trail. President of the Lord is on your trail and he's not about to back down. 
And this is what they call divine initiative. That's what it's called, you know, divine initiative. It's, it's, in, your, it's in your notes. You see that you have a lot of space in your notes so that you can write additional things. Divine initiatives just simply states that God moves near to you in Jesus Christ with welcoming hands, no matter who you are, what you have done, God comes to you and keeps coming to you and keeps extending his love to you until you come out of the tree and bring him home. Are you going to come out of that tree today and bring him home? Because it's not going to stop. So can you sense God drawing you? Can you, can you sense a, a, a thirst in your heart for God? And this is the living God that said to Zacchaeus, friend, we are going home together. Now, in that culture, to, to go home with someone and have dinner is accepting the person. Do you, do you understand? As in, it's like accepting the person. So, imagine that. But that's what God has come to do for, for you and I. So, when you sing songs like, Who am I that you are mindful of me? You know that song? And you hear me when I call. I mean, it's totally apt. Totally apt. So, for change heart to occur, I must what? I must be to the initiative of God. I must be open. I must accept the fact that God is initiating moves <laughs> for me. For Heart change to occur. Number two, I must believe that God loves me. As a follow-up from that. So it's not enough to believe that he's after me. Some people think God is after them to kill them. Some people, think, when they think of God coming after them, they think of a, a big judge with a big whip that is looking for their errors and, and whacking them on the, on the backside because of their errors. Many times when we think of God, some, some, sometimes, a lot of people, when they think of God, all they can think of is the, the taskmaster. So it's not enough to, to say that God is after you. In fact, for some people, if you stop there telling them God is after them, that, that they've had a bad day because their understanding of God is the God that judges them. So you must believe that God loves sinful people. Like you and I. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see while one person was rejoicing, I, I don't know what it is with church people, really. It's been like that from the days of the Bible. <laughs> while one person was rejoicing that Jesus is finally found Jesus, the church people were grumbling. They were like, what? Jesus? How can you chip in the grace of God like that, Jesus? This guy is a notorious bastard. 
Why? In verse 7, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house with what? Great excitement and joy. Now, if you found, if there's a notorious guy that has finally accepted Jesus, what should we do? We should rejoice. But what did they do? These people that were close to Jesus, all around Jesus, following Jesus everywhere, what did they do? They were displeased and they grumbled. You see, God doesn't have to fix your box. God loves people. And God will meet people where they are. So it doesn't fit your spiritual cap. You, many people have a problem with it. They say, oh, that is not our denomination. Who cares about your denomination? Oh, that is not how we do it here. Who cares? The point is, is Jesus saving people? Is Jesus healing people? Is he restoring people? Then let's celebrate. Praise the Lord. Let's not be like this, these people. They were waiting for Jesus to, to, to give this thief and traitor some hell and fire preaching, damnation preaching. They were expecting Jesus to be like a pre-Isaiah 6 Isaiah. Woe unto you. They were expecting Jesus to do what they call the turn or burn doctrine. Turn or burn. Go to hell. But what did Jesus do? He responded with love. Wow. Many times we think Jesus has come to make good people better. Many times we think, oh, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not where God really wants me to be. But in your heart, you believe you are, you are good. You believe you are good. And you believe because you are good a little. That's why Jesus has come for you, just to help you to be better. No, that's not why Jesus has come. I'm sorry. Some believe that, okay, I'm bad a little. So I need Jesus to, to make me good. I'm here to disappoint you again. Jesus has not come to make bad people good. The pastor, yeah? Jesus has not come to make good people better? Nope. The pastor, Jesus has not come to make bad people good? Nope. So what has Jesus come to do? Jesus has come to make dead people alive. Jesus has come to make people that were dead in their sins, to bring them back to life. It is not good better. It is death to life. It's come to, to, to find people that were lost and had no hope. It's come to find them and give them hope. That's what Jesus has come for. So don't fall into the trap of church people that think Jesus has come to make um, the good better. In a few chapters before this chapter 19, in chapter 15, there was a parable of, of the prodigal son. Remember the parable of the prodigal son? Now, listen to what the father said in verse 24 of Luke 15. The father said, 
For this son of mine was what? Was dead. And has now what? Returned to life. He didn't say this son of mine was good, was bad, and has now become good. The father called it what it is. He was dead. And it was lost, but now it's found. So party with me. Let the party begin. We don't celebrate enough life change because we see life change as moving from good to better. Because we see life change as moving from bad to good. That's why when someone shares his testimony of how he used to be without Christ. Now he's with Christ. They say, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, praise God, yeah. No, no. I was almost saying, hell no. <laughs> but I remember I shouldn't say that. Now, that's not what it's about. When we know that life change is about someone that was dead. And now is alive. We will rejoice. That's why the Bible says there's this party celebration going on in heaven over one, one soul. Doesn't that even boggle your mind? Why are they celebrating over one soul? Because we don't see what God has done. I pray from today on we will see what God has done. And what God is doing in our lives in Jesus' name. It is not from good to better. It is from dead to becoming alive. Verse 10, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That is what he came for. Now, if, 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 you, if you look at this story, you will see that Zacchaeus and Jesus had one thing in common. Zacchaeus and Jesus had one thing in common. Zacchaeus had just come down from a tree. And in one week from that day, Jesus was going to be crucified on a tree. So when Jesus moved near that tree, he saw the cross he saw what he came for. He couldn't ignore Zacchaeus. So how does that apply to us? It's simple. The tree that you are climbing or hiding in, Jesus looks at it and sees, I died for this. I, I bought this. I don't know what you are struggling with. Jesus looks at you. He doesn't see you in the mess. He's saying, I died for this mess. This mess was at Golgotha. This mess was laid upon me. This illness was laid upon me. This chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, we were healed. He was despised and afflicted for our sakes. So there was a man that was climbing on the tree and there was a man that was going to hang on the tree. And the tree was the common denominator. Jesus. 
You see, which is why when I, when I said I've never backslidden, I'm not saying I've never made mistakes. I've made mistakes. A lot of them I'm not proud of. But when I look at the cross, when I look at the cross of Calvary, I look at the blood that was shed for me. It cleanses me of all my fear and shame. So my, 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 my weaknesses and struggles does not separate me from God. In fact, it unites me and so that God can, can deliver me from them. Praise the name of the Lord. What is that tree that you are on? Jesus is saying to you, it's time to come down from the tree. So, Zacchaeus did two things right. The first one, Zacchaeus realized he needed God. He realized he needed God. Some people, if they were Zacchaeus today, they would not even take the pain to go and run and climb the tree. They probably would just sit at home. He needed God and he knew it. And he knew his problem was not money. Zacchaeus, you see, Folks, unfortunately, I don't know, maybe the church is to be blamed, I don't know. Unfortunately, we see Jesus as a solution to our poverty in this part of the world. Zacchaeus didn't have money problems. But he knew the emptiness of his soul. He knew the bondage of sin and captivity. We should stop coming to Jesus because of breakthrough. And come to Jesus because of the cleansing of your soul. Which is what we all need. If you come to him just because of breakthrough, you missed the point. Zacchaeus didn't, was not lacking money. But he still needed Jesus. Secondly, two things he did right. Not only did he realize he needed God, Zacchaeus went seeking Jesus. Zacchaeus went seeking Jesus. You can't just sit down there. You need to make the move. Seek and you will find. Read the Bible. Talk with Christians. Fellowship. Read books. Listen to the messages. Seek Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and I will seek God and, this paraphrase really said, and you will seek God and find God when you seek him with all your heart. But I, I paraphrase it, I mean to make it personal. And I will seek God. And find God when I search for him with all my heart. Let's read together. One, two, go. And I seek God and find God when we... Again. And I will seek God and find God when I search for God with all my heart. The reason folks are not finding God as it were 
It's because we are not seeking God with all our hearts. Praise the Lord. So why would Jesus go into Zacchaeus' house? The answer is simple. Because Jesus will go to wherever he's welcomed. Jesus will go to where there is room for him. Is Jesus welcoming your heart? That's the question you need to answer today. Is there room for, for him in your heart? Do you have room for Jesus? Remember when Jesus was, was about to be born and Mary and Joseph, they, were, they went to the inn. There was no room for Jesus. And until they got to a stable. And because there was room for Jesus in a stable, what happened? Jesus entered a stable. Came in a stable. So it doesn't matter your status. What matters is, do you have room for Jesus? Some of us, we don't have room for him anymore. We don't, we don't have room to even worship God, to, to even read our Bibles. We don't have room to even go on our knees and pray. We don't have room anymore. We don't have room. But God is saying, be like Zacchaeus. Why would Jesus choose Zacchaeus? Why Zach? Let's shorten his name. Why Zach? Was he the most handsome? Was Zach the most handsome? I don't think so. Was he the wisest? Perhaps not. Was he the tallest? Obviously not. Now, was he the worst sinner in that place? I don't even think so. There may be people close to Jesus round about that are worse sinners than Zacchaeus. So why Zacchaeus? It's simple. He was the hungriest. He was the hungriest. He was the, he was the, he was the hungriest. Is that correct English? Yes. Hungry, hungrier, hungriest. Okay. <laughs> almost hungriest. Almost hungry. Whatever. He was the hungriest. He was the hungriest. That was why Jesus located him. I can tell you of 20 years of working with God, the key to the supernatural, the key to the anointing of the Holy Spirit is hunger. The key to the presence of God is hunger. The key to the depths in the things of God is what? It's hunger. It's hunger. Some people are not hungry for nothing. They're they are just cool. They're just satisfied. You know, you, you, you cannot fill a bucket that is filled already. It was the most open to Jesus. And if you are hungry, you have to stay hungry. That's the key to not backsliding or not going back. You have to stay hungry. You have to stay hungry. In Jude chapter 1 verse 24, the word of God says in Jude 124, that now all glory to God who is able to what? To keep you from falling away and bring you to with great joy unto the glorious presence without 
a single force. Pause, please. Look up. God is saying, if you stay hungry and you follow me, I am able to keep you from falling. This was the scripture God gave to me, December 1995. I can never forget. Never. This scripture set me free. I was, I was inundated with fear of backsliding. I was like, can I cope? How will I, how will this happen? How? And God showed me the scripture. Now to God, who is able to keep you from falling? Now, excuse me, who, who is, who's, who's going to keep you from falling? Is it you? God. Good. And to bring you to God's presence with a few faults, with a few blemishes, without, I was say without, without a single fault, without one single fault. Now, for some of us, this scripture, we just need to confess it over our lives like a thousand times. So for our change to happen, number one, I must be open to the initiative of God. Number two, I must believe that God loves sinful people. And number three, I must never give up hope. Never. I must never give up hope. We, I mentioned earlier on that if there were a vote in, in that community, let us vote for who, we, who Jesus will go home with today. Do you think by any chance Zacchaeus will have won that vote, that election? He will not. Many times, the people that are popular with men are not popular with God. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about Nigerian's election. I am just... telling you the way of God. Zacchaeus would have lost if there was an election. So the question is, who are you about to give up on? Who are you about to give up on? Who are you, who are you about to give up on? on? On your brother? Oh, that one. That one is gone. Ah. Who are you about to give up on? Your sister? Your, your wife? Your husband? Who are you about to give up on? Your children? Your cousin? Who are you about to give up on? Your, yourself? About to give up on yourself? Meant to tell you, if Jesus can find Zacchaeus, Jesus can find you, and Jesus can find all these people you're about to give up on. So don't give up on anybody. Many of us would not have even imagined that we'll be where we are today. A few years ago, I mean, just like a cartoon of, um, there was this cartoon of two, um, what are those things that become butterflies? Caterpillars. So, two caterpillars were talking. And they saw a butterfly. And one caterpillar said, me? I can never do that thing that that guy is doing. You will not catch me doing that thing. A few weeks down the line, it becomes a, a butterfly. Many of us, just five years ago, you wouldn't believe 
you'll be where you are with God today. Five years, some of us is two years ago. We don't even believe that we'll be where we are with God today. Some of us is two, two years, last year. So, last year is too far. Some people two weeks ago. Someone sent me a text. A lady sent me a text. She said, ah, I can never be a pastor. I laughed. I said, caterpillar. <laughs> caterpillar that is still going to become butterfly. <laughs> she, said, she said, I looked at your schedule. I look at, you know, how, you know, uh, you know, how are you able to do these things? She said she wanted to be a pastor before. But when I saw you, no way. Ah, caterpillar. That's what I said in my mind. You soon become a butterfly. Many of us would not even imagine that we will be here in church today. Just six months ago. Many of us. So don't give up on yourself. Just stay open to God. God wants to change your heart and make it fresh and new. So, I must commit. I must commit. That's a blank. You feel there. I must commit to spiritual growth. If you look at Zacchaeus. The Bible says, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said, Lord, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. And if I have overcharged anybody, I said, Zacchaeus, you should have said, if. You should have said, because I have overcharged everybody. <laughs> if I have overcharged everybody, anybody in their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. He committed. And Jesus responded. Salvation has come to this home. Why? For he has shown himself to be. When you make a move by faith, everyone is waiting for you to back it up with commitment and works. The reason life, a lot of people don't experience life change and it's not sustainable is they make a move by faith and everyone's saying, take the next step and they don't take it. That scripture says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So God is saying, draw near to me. God is saying, take a step towards me and I will take a step towards you. Life change is about the call and response is about you moving towards God and God moving towards you. Guess what? It's your move now. Say, Pastor, but why do I have to be the one to make the first move? You know why? Because God already made his move. So it's your move now. Take this step. And, 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 and in God's favorite house, we are very deliberate about that. Very, very deliberate. So we have next steps. So what is your next steps? Next step. Or what are your next steps? For some of us, our next step is water baptism. You are saved. You, you have put your faith in Jesus. You need to take that next step and be baptized in water. Take the step. For some of us, it's to go through NCR, take new creation reality. Take this step. Commit. You heard the testimonies on, on Sunday. NCR testimonies. Weren't they fantastic? Weren't they fantastic? Totally fantastic. Let's clap for Jesus. As if we are excited about 
death to life, not bad to good. <laughs> that is how God wants us to be. For some of us, we need to have community. You cannot be a lone ranger. You need to be in a community. You need to, you need to join a live group. The reason your work with God has not got to the next level, you've not taken that next step. For some of us, it's to serve. We need to be serving. You need to join prayer, join the choir, join ushering, join CMM. You need to serve. For some of us, really, our next step is counseling. You need to be counseled. You are going through a marital challenge. You, if you don't take that next step, that marriage can crumble. If you don't take that next step, your finances can be in a mess. If you don't take that next step of seeking help, you may just be facing your Waterloo. Like Napoleon. Praise the Lord. And for some of us, our next step is the journey. You need to take the journey class the spiritual growth class, you need to take the next step. Now, the reason why I'm breaking this down practically is because the word of God is not useful for you if, if you can't do anything with it. Praise the Lord. That's the end of the teaching. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh, <laughs>